Hello, everyone. This is Father Bill Nicholas, and this is Faith, Hope, and History. Greetings and welcome, everybody. It is Friday, the 17th of March, 2023, St. Patrick's Day. It was on this day in 1863 that Confederate Civil War hero Major John Pelham was killed at the Battle of Kelly's Ford in Virginia. He was 24 years of age. It was also on this day in 2003. President George W. Bush issued an ultimatum to Iraqi President Saddam Hussein to leave Iraq in 48 hours or face war. This was, of course, in the aftermath of the attacks against the United States on September 11, 2001, and the war on terror had brought the United States to the doorstep of Iraq. And, of course, two days later, on March 19th, Operation Iraqi Freedom was launched with the bombing of Baghdad. But today I want to talk a little bit about the Academy Awards, which I did a little last year. And now that all the initial reactions have gone out on the internet in various venues, um, I took a few days to process the whole event. Uh, I found it to be a refreshing Oscars show that for the first time in years, I actually decided to sit down and watch the entire show. If not out of curiosity to see just how different it was after last year's all-time low with, of course, the slapping incident. And then, of course, I, in my podcast last year, talked about the very pleasant exchange between Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli as they presented the Oscar for Best Picture to CODA last year. And I wonder, after seeing this year's Oscar show, if perhaps Hollywood is at least beginning to learn its lesson after last year's all-time low. And it it wasn't a bad uh, show, and uh, I'm glad I watched it. I have to admit, in the interest of full disclosure, I did mute it for the performances of the best songs. That just makes the show go a little too long. I'm not interested in best song. It's not necessarily a category I enjoy. I wish they would spend time playing uh, excerpts from the nominees for best musical score, especially since so often in the past John Williams has been a nominee, and I am certainly a fan of John Williams, but we always seem more interested in the song being performed than in perhaps a brief five-minute suite of music, a selection of music from the nominees of Best Musical Score, but that's just me, and that's the only part I really muted and didn't pay too much attention to. But uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised at how people behaved. Uh, the acceptance speeches were acceptable, and they kept the sociopolitical commentary down to a minimum. Now, I will say that there were at least four moments that stood out for me in which they just couldn't help themselves, but compared to previous years, Last week's Oscar show was pretty tame, but what were these four occurrences? Well, the first one, in no particular order, was, of course, Jimmy Kimmel's reference to best editing when he says, it is through editing that an insurrection, a violent insurrection at our nation's capital can be turned into a pleasant day touring the capital. Obviously, that was a commentary at Tucker Carlson's reporting the previous week about now newly released video footage of the Capitol during the January 6th, uh, I'll call it a riot or uprising or breaching of the Capitol. I'm not going to call it an insurrection. And naturally, questions that are being asked as a result of it. Another occurrence was the recipient of 
best screenplay for women talking. She had to get out a comment such as, you know, women talking, two words we don't like to see next to each other. Okay, we got it. You have some issues, a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, but congratulations for winning the Oscar. The third was uh, Michelle Yao, who won the Oscar for Best Actress for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And in the midst of her speech, she obviously took a slight at Don Lamont of CNN for saying women are past their prime once they're in their 50s or that they hit their prime in their 30s and 40s. But after that, they are beyond their prime. And of course, he got a lot of flack for that. And Michelle Yao speaking to women who hopefully would find her an inspiration saying, ladies, don't let anyone ever tell you you are past your prime. So that was another bit of a slight at something that was a current event. But when the two directors for Everything Everywhere All at Once went to receive their Oscar for Best Director, one of the two said, thank you to my parents for putting up with my shenanigans, and he said one of which was my dressing in drag, which is completely harmless or does no one any harm. Again, that perhaps was the most serious, at least for me, because as we are seeing, it does do harm, especially when you're doing things to influence children in that line of behavior. And so for me, that is kind of what put it over the top. It was still a good show. It was still very tame, but you've got to get it in. I'm sorry, they have to get it in. And uh, and there, those are four examples of uh, of where they just, in a way, Hollywood just can't help itself. It's like asking a group of children to remain silent and whatever you do, don't cough. At least one is going to cough, if not for any other reason as a compulsion. But another thing I would like to talk about has a lot to do with the whole question of wokeism and Hollywood and the whole issue of inclusivity. People want things to be more inclusive. And of course, today, the Best Actor Oscar for this Academy Awards went to Brendan Fraser for The Whale. And obviously, I'm happy with it. He's a good actor. He gave a good performance. But one can't help notice that the performance was of an overweight man, but an overweight gay man, which makes me wonder if he had played an overweight straight man, if he would have gotten the award. Apparently, there's no portrayal of that in the movie, but it's in the discussion. And of course, Everything Everywhere All at Once has as a part of the uh, cast and characters a lesbian young woman who is dealing with that, and part of the issues of the movie is making things so that her grandfather can accept her for who she is. And of course, one of the multiverses, the two female uh, leads, Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yao, apparently are in a multiverse in which they're in a relationship. Uh, that has obviously been talked about. And there again, you wonder if the movies had not gotten as much of attention if it did not include these little aspects of their film, that now we have to get things like this in in order to get any attention. It's almost as if if someone's career is going downhill, do they have to come out of the closet or do they have to portray someone of a particular orientation in order to revive their career? Is that where Hollywood is? And that too came to question as I was watching the Oscars and thinking about it afterwards. But perhaps the most glaring thing for me in a positive way and in a not so positive way, I won't say negative, it's not negative, it's just not as positive, but in a positive way was Kiwi Kwan winning the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, I, of course, was happy to see it. Why? Kiwi Kwan is just a year younger than me, to the day. 
And I remember seeing him in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I remember seeing him and watching him in Goonies. And I remember the presence he had on the screen. He really had a good charisma. And so having disappeared from the screen for a number of years, it was good to see him come back, give it his all, and win an Oscar. And his excitement, his joy, uh, and uh, the inspirational speech I think he gave was, was very good. And I think anyone who watched him growing up was very happy to see that. And, and the ultimate comeback story of someone who had almost lost faith in his presence in Hollywood, his ability to be a film star, and coming back in that way. But then something stood out for me. When Ariana DeBose announced Kiwi Kwan's name as the winner, the one to whom the Oscar would go to, she got emotional. And the interesting thing is, Anna DeBose is 32 years of age. She was not around when Kiwi Kwan was a young actor in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, or when he played in the Goonies. She seemed very moved by the fact that he won. And then looking at the subsequent commentary over Kwan winning, I found it to be somewhat condescending to the man. I don't want to, you know, it wouldn't want to ruin, you know, obviously his excitement to receiving the award and people wanting to be affirming of that as they would be affirming to anybody. But why were we happy? Does Hollywood still see him as the bright-eyed little kid and they're getting emotional and they're pushing for him because they remember the little kid as opposed to the adult actor now? And of course, seeing his earlier co-star Harrison Ford and the uh, hug that they shared on stage. It was uplifting. It was funny. It was fun. You got excited with him. But it brings back the whole idea of the notion of representation in the movies. And isn't it nice, the Asian actor won, the Asian actress won. And I know both of these are, are good actors. They're tremendous actors. I saw Michelle Yao, I remember years ago seeing her in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and enjoying it. I had never seen her before. Actually, I had seen her before in a James Bond movie. She was a Bond girl in Tomorrow Never Dies. To me, one of the most unmemorable James Bond movies. But then she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, a principal role, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then even more impressed to read that she had to learn Mandarin to do the role. And, of course, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was recognized a great deal at the Oscars as well. But I knew she was a good actress. But when we say we finally gave the Oscar to people of different ethnic backgrounds, meaning people who are not Caucasian, then we diminish their win. Do we say that Kiwi Kwan got it and now we see the Oscars represented? Well, did we... Did the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences vote for him as Best Supporting Actor? Did they vote for Michelle Yao as Best, best Actress because they were the best? Because they gave Oscar-worthy performances that outshone the other nominees? Or did they give it simply because of their ethnic background? In which case, that diminishes the work that they did. I think both of them are great actors. I think both of them deserved it. But listen to the commentary afterwards and the commentary that says, no, now it's showing that they are more inclusive. This is a turning point in Hollywood. I'd like to go back and look at the history of Hollywood, certain highlights, certain features in which 
In many ways, Hollywood has done it on their own. The current generation trying to get Hollywood to be more inclusive is a bit over the top and ignoring of the fact that Hollywood has really already done that to a certain extent. They're already on the road to doing it. Will it ever be perfect? It probably will never be, according to some people. But I think Hollywood has done it on its own. First of all, the Oscars, when they were established, was very much a Hollywood institution. They called it the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, but it was very much the Academy of Hollywood Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. They gave it to the Hollywood studios. They gave it to Hollywood movies. And, of course, early on, within about 10 or 11 years of the Academy Awards being established, you did see a groundbreaking moment already, way back in the 30s, at a time before society was overcoming its Jim Crow presence in the Deep South. When Hattie McDaniel won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in Gone with the Wind. Yes, she had to sit in the back of the Oscars because she was black. But the person presenting the award did make a comment that she says, I hope this is the beginning of some new direction that the Oscars is going to. So she's, she's acknowledging this was an important moment. And when Hattie McDaniel received the award, she didn't wax eloquently over the fact that she was a black woman receiving an award. She thanked the Academy and was very gracious in receiving the award. And one of the things she said in the midst of her rather brief thank you acceptance speech was, I hope to be a credit to my race and my profession. She didn't wax eloquently on being the first, but she did acknowledge that and said that this means so much to her to be a credit to her race and to her profession, what she represents in that profession from her race. And if you've ever seen Gone with the Wind, if there's anything you remember about that movie, it's Hattie McDaniel's performance. You remember a lot of things about the film, but her performance was truly tremendous. But people in today insist on ruining it by saying, well, she just played a stereotype. Well, I don't know enough about stereotypes to, commentary on, to make a commentary on stereotypes, but what if she did? She did it in such a way that impressed her peers which is what the Academy Awards is. It is the members of the Academy voting for their peers in the various categories. And she gave such a performance and such a moving performance, a powerhouse performance, that her peers recognized her. And it was the first instance of a black performer receiving an Oscar. Was it perfect at that time? Certainly not. It had a long way to go, but Hollywood eventually progressed. You saw productions with predominantly black casts. Cabin in the Sky was one, directed by Vincent Minnelli, who was uh, not African, but it's a classic musical with an all-black cast. Did it go up for Oscars? No, not really, but time would come. And of course, being a Hollywood institution... You didn't see too much of a nod to other ethnicities being recognized in movies. If for no other reason, it's because it was so isolated as an institution in Hollywood, you didn't see the kind of pool of talent that you might see now among people of various ethnicities. But you did see a development, I think, of movies that included people of different ethnic backgrounds performing in Hollywood movies. The Flower Drum Song was a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical film 
That is considered a classic today from the late 50s, early 60s. If you've ever seen West Side Story, it does portray uh, Puerto Ricans as one of the rival gangs. But especially in the 40s and 50s and 60s, you had the Japanese director, Akira Kurosawa, who directed The Seventh Samurai, Throne of Blood, among others, even then, as now, considered one of the greatest directors who ever lived. And I myself have seen The Seventh Samurai, a very long movie, but still thoroughly enjoyable, even though I watched it in subtitles, not dubbed in English, but in Japanese with English subtitles. Quite a tremendous groundbreaking film at that time, but one would ask, why was he not honored by the Oscars? Because, at that time, the Oscars was a Hollywood institution. It was more or less the Academy of Hollywood Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Didn't mean they didn't respect... Kurosawa, but he was not a Hollywood institution at the time. He was not a Hollywood director. But over time, you saw Hollywood eventually recognizing films made in other countries, England, Italy, Spain, and so on. And there were actors and actresses who enabled that to happen. Another factor, I think, that moved Hollywood forward in this kind of multinational inclusivity was in fact the James Bond movies and the popularity of the James Bond films, which were predominantly English productions distributed through American distribution companies in the United States. But what did we see in the Bond movies? Look at the Bond women. Of course, Sean Connery, an English actor from Scotland, a Scottish actor. But look at the Bond women. Dr. No first had Ursula Andress, you had foreign actresses playing the Bond women and even the Bond villain in From Russia With Love. In Thunderball, I remember watching a documentary on the making of Thunderball and they're interviewing both Bond women, the villainous and the eventual ally, and neither one of them spoke English. They were French, Italian actresses. And that with other actresses like Sophia Loren, Sesu Hayakawa, who was nominated for an Oscar for The Bridge on River Kwai, you saw actors and actresses and other cinematic talent emerging in the 50s and 60s and Hollywood recognizing them and incorporating them into Hollywood productions. So again, very naturally, over time, you saw Hollywood becoming more and more, for lack of a better term, inclusive. You also saw as a greater, for lack of a better term, representation or a greater pool of African actors, black actors, taking on major roles, you did see them starting to be recognized. Not the least of which was an actor named James Basquette. Do we remember who he was? James Basquette is the actor who played Uncle Remus in the movie Song of the South, the Disney movie that is getting such heat these days, and did back in the day. And yes, of course, like Hattie McDaniel, many criticize him for playing a stereotype, but so strong was that performance that they gave him a special Oscar for his portrayal of Uncle Remus. They didn't nominate him for Best Actor. They gave him the Oscar for the performance. Another example is, of course, Sidney Poitier, who won his Oscar for Best Actor for Lilies of the Field, but was known for many, many different powerhouse roles, 
and as a major actor in his own right. And when he won his Oscar, again, he didn't wax eloquently on it being a black man winning. He was gracious. He was classy. He didn't say, this moment is so much bigger than me, which pretty much means it's all about me, 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 having won the Oscar. He was very gracious. He recognized that they recognized him. And again, this is the peers voting for the Oscars, voting for their peers and honoring their peers. So little by little, you saw Hollywood becoming more and more inclusive until we reached a point now in which a few years ago, you had a movie, Parasite, made in Korea, a Korean movie, a foreign film winning Best Picture. But that came on the heels of other movies from England being nominated or winning. Il Postino was a foreign film nominated for Best Picture, even as it won Best Foreign Film. Life is Beautiful, the Roberto Benigni film from the late 90s, was nominated and won Best Foreign Film, and I believe it was also nominated for Best Picture that year, and Roberto Benigni won the Oscar for Best Actor, and he was in a foreign film from Italy. So you're seeing that kind of representation and Hollywood recognizing the talent that exists beyond Hollywood. We've seen that process over the course of the years. It has still been predominantly a Hollywood show in the Academy of Hollywood Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, but more and more and more, you're seeing the Academy Awards recognizing talent beyond the confines of Hollywood. To the point where when Haley Berry wins her award for Best Actress, the first black woman to win Best Actress, she begins by saying, this is so much bigger than me. Why? Because she's the first winner in that category of African descent. But we saw that before in Hattie McDaniel for Supporting Actor, Sidney Poitier for Best Actor. Denzel Washington had won Best Supporting Actor for Glory. She was the first actress of African descent. But it really wasn't that groundbreaking because we've seen a gradual progression to that. Forrest Whitaker for The Last King of Scotland and others, um, uh, the winner who won Best Actor for, for Ray, playing Ray Charles, his name escapes me at this point, but we have seen that over these years. And we're, the audience is becoming more accustomed to it, and Hollywood is acknowledging it more and more without going out of their way to say, we need to honor a person of this ethnicity. We need to honor a person of that ethnicity. A few years back, 12 Years a Slave won a brutal film about a free black man who was kidnapped and sold into slavery and was imprisoned as a slave for 12 years. A brutal film, but what a performance. Won the Oscar for Best, uh, Best Picture that year, and the director was also black. A talented director who was recognized that year. But in recent years, because of the woke movement and the drive for inclusivity, I think many, many aspects of our society have been trying too hard to be inclusive and to be less racist or less exclusive. And they're so fixated on that in the present and the future that they really aren't giving themselves enough credit for having done so naturally in the past. And so for me, it, I didn't give it much thought that two Asian actors won awards in the last Academy Awards. I had seen Kiwi Kwan at work. I had seen Michelle Yao at work. They are great actors. They won because they are good actors. 
why do we need to go out of the way to point out a quality that would diminish the fact that they have talent and hint more that they got it for some other reason? Whether it's because they're young or because they're old or because they're of particular ethnicity, honor them because they have that talent. And in many ways, I think Hollywood is trying too hard to be inclusive and to be woke that they have not given themselves enough credit to where they have moved in that direction already. Slumdog Millionaire, an English movie about children in India, is another example of that. Hollywood still has a long way to go, I think, and uh, the Academy Awards hopefully has, lo uh, has uh, learned their lesson after last year. But to a certain degree, like I said, it's like asking a group of small children to remain completely quiet, and whatever you do, don't cough. You know some of them are going to cough. Some of the people in Hollywood just can't help themselves. they got to take their jabs. they got to make their political comments. Some years it's worse than others. Last year it was pretty bad. This year it wasn't bad at all. It was pretty tame. But as I was reading the commentaries of both Kiwi Kwan, Michelle Yao, and everything, everywhere, all at once, winning. I also read all too much, isn't it great we had a predominantly Asian cast win? No, it was great because it was a good movie. They won because they were good actors. For no other reason. And sometimes people's performance are so great that there's no denying they need to receive the Oscar that year. Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump has won. Anthony Hopkins for Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs is another. And other such examples. Schindler's List, by default, we knew it was going to win that year. But there are times when people are recognized for their great talent. Even if they come out of nowhere or make a comeback like Brendan Fraser and Kiwi Kwan or who have had a steady stream of successful performances like Michelle Yao. And so I'm hoping to see Hollywood get back to what it is meant to do, to entertain, to inspire, not to define the culture, but to speak to the culture, to entertain the culture, to lift the culture up, to teach them lessons, yes, about humanity and um, the various aspects of life. And hopefully, put aside the superficiality, whether they think they need to acknowledge more people of different ethnic backgrounds. I hope they get back to the Academy Awards in which the peers are honoring each other for good performances and good work. And so this wasn't enough to ruin the Oscars for me, but over the last week, like I said, you know, let the, all the other commentaries uh, put their works forth for what it's worth, I'm doing mine a few days later to really let everything process. But, but there it was. I was glad to see those winners. I was not happy to see people diminish the reasons why they won. So they're both of Asian descent, but they gave good performances, and that is what needs to be emphasized, not their ethnic background. Don't pat Hollywood on the back and Hollywood should not pat itself on the back for honoring Asian actors. It should pat itself on the back for honoring quality actors regardless.
And some years we will see people of non-white backgrounds, just as we see people of Caucasian white backgrounds. And some years we see people of Asian backgrounds winning when they put out perform good performances. Morgan Freeman, tremendous actor, as is Brendan Fraser this year. So those are just my thoughts. Hopefully it wasn't too much of a mishmash of things, but uh, just thoughts I, I, I have as this is faith, hope, and history. And among the things I enjoy are the movies. Uh, but looking back at the history of Hollywood, I think Hollywood should give itself credit for growing not only in a sense of inclusivity where ethnicity is concerned, but inclusivity where anything outside of Hollywood is concerned. And we have seen in recent years Hollywood growing from being an award show of the Academy Awards of the Academy of Hollywood Motion Picture Arts and Sciences to very much an academy that recognized the motion picture arts and sciences all over the world. And especially in the last few years, the independent films, films that weren't necessarily successful at the box office, but were recognized despite their low budget, despite their independence from the major Hollywood conglomerate studios, we see independent films being honored and recognized. And so Hollywood truly has developed over time and grown over time. It has recognized good performances of actors and actresses of various ethnic backgrounds. And yes, it has had its moments where a white actor plays an ethnic character. The Good Earth in the 30s, Breakfast at Tiffany's in the 60s, and so on. But more and more Hollywood is coming to a certain maturity that I think has come naturally and doesn't have to be forced or fixated on by a generation that seems to fail to recognize the growth of humanity and society, whether it's the United States in general or Hollywood in particular, that it has already done in the past. And I think last week's Academy Awards demonstrated just that. All Quiet on the Western Front, a foreign film that won the best foreign film, also nominated for Best Picture and other Oscars as well. Hollywood has already done it. We need to stop fixating on it, and hopefully they will move forward in that. And in doing so, they will go back to putting out films that in many ways are the envy of the world, while at the same time recognizing how far movie industries of other countries have also come. So those are my thoughts for this week. I hope it makes sense, and uh, thanks for listening. And with any luck, I will talk to you again soon. Thank you.